1: So the, the way it goes with, with weddings is um, it, like your, your friends who marry, they're like college sweethearts. That's like your mid to late 20s okay. for weddings. And then all your other boys, it's like your early to mid 30s so you know obviously i'm on the back end of the second one but um it's that's just kind of how it goes you know like you're probably going to weddings of people who've been dating someone since they were in college right
2: yeah that that's the couple weddings i've gone to this year that's that's exactly what has happened
1: but like in five to eight years it'll be like your friends who are probably single now but meet the person who they want to marry um you know, now or in a year or something like that.
2: I guess that'd be cool to go to. I guess the weddings you don't want to go to are like people that you didn't really know. Like what if your like girlfriend had like, you know, if you have to go to a wedding that it's your girlfriend's friend and you just air and God, that would be how like, how fun could that be? You know, especially if you've been to like 30
1: ready, like how many have you been? I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I kind of want to just cry about the A's right now, but, um, <laughs> No, I disagree with you. Actually, I think it's fun to – well, it depends. It can be fun to go a wedding where you really only know people through like a secondary context um, or it can be awful. It can go one of two ways. But like in general, you're going to a party that's really nice that everything's paid for. How bad can it be, right?
2: <laughs> that is true. I guess I just like – I like it more if it's somebody I know. It
1: means more. Yeah, of course. Um, but um, – I don't know. It, it goes both ways on that, but you can you can enjoy yourself at both. So I don't know. Huh? The worst worst wedding story I ever have. I guess we'll start with this. Um, a college friend of mine married a girl who I wasn't necessarily a fan of um, at the time, and like it was just it, it, a shit show. And like <laughs> like her bridesmaid speech was her, her talking about like all the dudes. She used to hook up with before him. Oh and my god. and we're just sitting there like, What did did we hear understand that right? Like Oh my god. And and then like and then the dad goes up and basically implies like the only reason they got married is because he got her pregnant and oh. and he like he's like, I'm just so proud of him for you know, stepping up to the plate after he did that. And I'm like, Where where am I? <laughs> So how
2: so, fucked up was she? I assume she was kind of drunk.
1: Um, I mean, th- they didn't do the wedding till after she gave birth to the child. So like, objectively, yeah, like they got married. Oh my, she was pregnant, but, but, oh they, my but, but everyone around it implied it was like, it it wasn't like they were in love and then they got pregnant and then they got married. It was, um, you know they were they were not uh they were not in the greatest place but then you know he he you know didn't put his condom on correctly or something so (laughs) and with that warriors training camp Welcome to White
2: Years. Um, I think both of us are feeling like shit right now, so
1: um, yeah, but this is going to be a tough episode. You're you're feeling you're feeling that way because you, you got sick from like a coworker. I'm feeling that way because the A's <laughs> did the same shit they always do to me.
2: I just saw a stat nine to nine oh and nine um, in what uh, what is it called elimination games? The A's are their Man. last nine games; they've lost all of them.
1: You know what it really comes down to at the A's? Because, like, I, you saw Lozardo pitch, and you saw he was, like, their best pitcher in the game. And you could take, like, the optimistic angle and be like, this guy's 21. The only reason he wasn't starting was because he had all those injuries, and, you know, they just wanted him to work out of the bullpen so he didn't have to go, like, six, seven innings. And they're so young, and everything looks good. But that's every A's year for about 15 to 20 years now. <laughs> And to me, it really comes down to its ownership, man. It's just tiresome. It's like it makes me appreciate Joe Lacob. It makes me appreciate the Joe Lacob who's like constantly like wanting to get better because the the A's are legitimately – they might have the best GM in all of sports. If nothing else, like the most influential, like Billy Bean changed the way everyone looks at sports. And it's weird that he works for a bad team. But like end of the day – if you're not getting, like, we want to win a championship mentality from the top, nothing else is going to matter. Like, who's, who's the guy who's saying let's spend more to put a winner? Who's the guy who's saying this isn't good enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, it always starts at the top. Like, I don't particularly think the Giants are well run. But, like, the one thing I would have said about them is, like, their ownership is highly motivated. And that gets you a lot farther than a lot of other things.
2: Well, the Giants are about to be well run because they have Farhan now. So they they, they they hit a home run with that. So good for them. But wait, I'm con- so what is okay? So I get the ownership part, but they also won 100 games with pretty much like guys that that on rookie Billy deals. Being... More yeah. On. yeah. So what are they supposed to do? Like, what do you think they're supposed to do? Like, they still won 100 games in the AL, AL, which is a better conference or a better is it conference in
1: baseball? A league. Yeah.
2: A better league than the NL. I mean like what are what are what are they supposed to do? But I you guess spend something? Could
1: be, you could be right. Like you could you could say like I just need to trust that they're gonna keep it together and grow it, but like why should I trust that, right? Mm. They haven't like shown me they're gonna do that yeah. in twenty years. And the the secondary argument would be Matt Chapman makes five hundred K, Matt Olson makes five hundred K. Um Lizardo makes like a hundred K like I can go down the line. They could have just put money into their weaknesses, you know, such as starting pitching. Like I love Manaya. I think he's better than what he showed today. But end of the day, the guy pitched five starts before he started the wild card game. Like they could yeah. have you know, it, it could you imagine if the Giants had six all-star caliber starters who are all making under a million dollars? Like do you think they wouldn't spend money on other positions? No, they'd use that as well, a competitive advantage. Or oh, like, the point. Or yep. l- l- let's get to a better point. The Warriors, when Steph was, when Steph signed a cheap deal, they used that to sign Iguodala, and then sign Kevin Durant. They didn't use that to just be like, look how good we can be as a sixth seed, but like have the twentieth payroll. You know, right. that's right. that's really not what it comes the down to. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if I mean if the Warriors could they would have they would have paid like 500 million luxury taxes if KD wanted to resign. But I mean yeah, I guess the A's best case scenario would be like the Dodgers. Like they would be like the best team in baseball in the regular season because they have they have guys that want to spend money and um and the right GM and scouting department. But I mean, I'm just watching it, man, and it's just it, I've watched the last couple of times the A's have been in the playoffs and I'm just like Pff. listen, I'm on Twitter and it's fun to make fun of, them, but I feel bad. Because all of when the Giants, when they were in the wild card game, the couple times that they've been in, they, have, they won like 88 games. The A's are, they've won 90 to 100 games, right? The Giants squeaked into the wild card. The A's are probably hosting ALDS. So it's always, it's almost like, damn, you kind of feel bad because shouldn't this, shouldn't they be playing at least a best out of five and just not nine innings? Especially if you don't yeah, have well, like they're, they're one guy of,
1: you can um, trust. I, I made this joke, but you know, them in Houston, it's like the reverse Rockets and eight and uh, Warriors because, like, the Astros might have the best team in baseball for the last, like, 25 years. Like, I'll be surprised if they don't win the World Series this year. If they don't end up well, with, they They're
2: like, the overwhelming favorites this year, right?
1: All, all I'm saying is, like, I'll be surprised if they don't win, like, three in five years. or something. Like, they've won one. Last year they got to the ALCS— they'll probably win it this year. They'll probably have a chance to win it next. Like they have a chance to be one of those teams that wins like three and four or something, you know, like the Warriors did or something like that, right? Um, And they're kind of, you know, they they use stats. They're very analytically sound, but they also spend and they they do a lot of other stuff. Meanwhile, the A's are kind of, well, this is where the the analogy doesn't work. The Rockets spend money. They're just dumb. Um, But like, I mean, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, the A's are really good. They just happen to play in a division with a team who's objectively better than them. All right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. None of that excuses this Tampa game. <laughs> By the
2: way, the Tampa uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are essentially the uh, – are they not just another version of the A's where they don't have fans? They don't have a payroll. They have one of the smartest they're Yeah, they're, they're just a they're money ball
1: team, and it's like yeah. – it almost hurts – I can't decide if I prefer losing to that because at least it justifies the process or it upsets me more because it's like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a hard call, which is worse, but um, whatever they're good. And shout out for the immigrant dad quote of the week, which is going to be a new podcast segment for Yandy Ooh. Diaz um, who is dominant tonight. was at two home runs. Um, they are like, you know, there's going to be 55,000 people cheering against you. He's like, In Cuba, I played in stadiums with guys pointing guns at me. And, like, <laughs> and I talked with you about this, but this just reminds me of some peak, like dad from third world authoritarian, like, because we both have those kind of fathers where well, you're just kind of like, You know, you are right. I have a spoiled life relative to how you had it.
2: well it is you don't think about that when you're a kid or even when i was in like high school i would tell my dad these things like i'm like learning about how america is right And i would be telling him all this shit like man it fucking softball he'll be like son (laughs) in chinese obviously he'll go on this thing about it where he grew up and what happened then and i'll sit there and my dad talks a lot so he'll just keep talking and then after that it's always a
1: long-winded story it's it's never like it's never like a a quick one-liner it's like (laughs) Let me let me tell you the history of it.
2: Yeah, he just goes on for like an hour. I'm just sitting there like, "Dad, look, man, I gotta take a piss." Like, wh-. and then like by the end of the story, I'm like, "You know what? You may have a point. I might have dozed off midway through the story, but you may have a point." So, <laughs> so it's always interesting when you go back on Twitter and you see everybody always whining about something. Um, it's always very interesting. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah, it's like it, you know. <laughs> They're whining about uh, Willie Cauley Stein's sprained foot being oppressive, and you're like, you know, <laughs> I'll show you real oppression. Um, and, and on that note, we'll pivot. So um, I think before the before the camp started, we we're both like, you know, I think the Warriors could be sneaky good, but uh, but they're not deep. So seeing like Cauley Stein show up in a boot, not a good sign.
2: Yeah, can you believe that? But by the way, can you hear the sirens going on in the background? I don't know what is going on. <laughs> you can. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: The second part is um, today. Like Looney and Smileach each got hurt, and neither oh. neither are serious. But I'm like, oh God, Draymond's gonna have to play 35 minutes a game at center in the preseason just because they have no one else. <laughs> it's like. Uh oh, that's not a good sign for the season.
2: Can you believe that Willie Cauley Stein going out for a month, and he's probably not going to p- play? Like, <clears throat> he's probably not going to play the first couple weeks of the regular season. Can you believe that's like actually a huge deal? Because it looks like it is going to be a huge deal. I mean, I just I, I think you're higher on the Warriors than me, man. Like, I don't, I don't. But like the fact that they're without Willie Collins time for a couple of weeks up to a month of regular season, that may actually impact this team in a bad way. I just think
1: like... you're, you and I are looking at it from two different perspectives. You're looking at it from 2017, and I'm looking at it from, like, Portland, Utah, um, the New Jersey Nets. Sorry, Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> the Wizards. Like, so many teams with like two good players and a bunch of mediocrity make the playoffs in this league. And end of the day, I have a hard time seeing Steph and Draymond missing the playoffs if they're healthy. Like the one thing you and I, and actually we talked about with Ethan on his pod, if they're healthy, they'll make the playoffs. It's just a question of how much people, how many games people believe Steph and Draymond can play.
2: I just think the rosters can. I don't. I don't blame anyone. I just think the roster is constructed in a way. It just. It doesn't. It's bad. <laughs> like after D'Lo, after Steph, after Draymond, after Looney, it's bad. There's literally nobody. Oh, are, you, that's, are
1: you upset that there's no Mo Harkless?
2: I would, Sam. I would gladly take Mo Harkless on the team right now. I would gladly I know, take. But I Camino. I, I, really,
1: I. don't think. Okay, actually, I'm, I'm a big Alpha Camino guy. Um <laughs>
2: give me I, Dorian Finney Smith. I don't know why I just threw that out there, but
1: <laughs> he's solid too. But I'm just saying, like those are all it, it seems to me the Warriors perspective is a lot of those guys can be manufactured and they don't necessarily buy the advanced stats crowd or they don't buy people who see like, oh, they have like a plus one point five RPM, they're really good. They believe that's more contextual to the team, and they can create that with good coaching around Steph and Draymond. And I tend to agree with them. That said, I don't know that the guys they have are capable of being those guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But I but I do believe people kind of like co- we've talked about Covington the last couple weeks. The quintessential example of a guy who like we all agree is like a useful role player, but like maybe advanced stats overrate how good he is because like his impact is only truly realized in this context next to a couple stars and end of the day, those stars are the ones who matter.
2: Yeah. You make a great point though. I think, um, I think the Warriors coaching staff did love, you know how they love the Spurs so much, you know, how Steve Kerr loves Popovich. I think they do want to emulate that where it's like, Hey, we can like create players. Like we can have a system that creates guys that are like this good. Cause I like it like who am i thinking of like Derek white probably wouldn't be Derek white who's you know pretty good like a pretty solid everyone would player. take
1: him in their rotation
2: yeah like i don't think he'd be Derek white without being on the spurs right without being sure. going through that system so i think that's, that's what the warriors want to do maybe like they don't they want people to feel that way about jacob evans which you know i
1: think is there, not gonna there's be a, a good little player, hype, but... there's a little hype in the first few days of media that he looks like yeah. a more confident player um but you know we, we also heard from Laker camp that Alex Caruso standing out. So um you can you can never take it too seriously. I, I don't know. Like we'll, well, like we'll find, out one, we'll find out one or the other. So, everyone's got like two players who are standing out in camp and inevitably at least a couple of them across the league will stand out. <laughs>
2: I will say this, though. Um, this is way more uh, – w- when I say like the Warriors, are, I don't think that they're going to be good. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be exciting. This makes podcasting way more fun uh, the rest of the year for us because last season, do we even talk about training camp? Like what do we talk about during training camp? Do we talk about like KDE on Twitter? I think that's I think that's literally what we talked about for 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 well, three so, months.
1: so that that's kind of the big theme I'm getting from training camp. Last year everything was about free agency and it was uh-huh. a drag. You know, we couldn't talk about basketball, couldn't couldn't pull out the whiteboards and just like drop plays and you know all that sort of stuff. It was just all about like is KD happy? Is Clay happy? Is Draymond happy? you know it's like all free agency stuff, right? Um this year there there seems to be a tone of like Steph and Draymond seem like they're having fun. Um, not firing any shots, but, um, <laughs> but like, there seems to be like, they're aware. I don't want to say they think they won't win the title this year, but they know it's like, they kind of maximize what they had with that previous core. And it's like a new, it's a new challenge.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a new challenge. And did you see Steph, uh, uh pretty much somebody tweeted Steph's uh, reaction to, uh, Andre Goddard or, or his text to Andre Godala and what he was saying and he was like he texted him like hey i miss you i was like dude it looked like he was crying and then somebody tweeted "Steph's reaction to kd leaving deuces and then steph's reaction to andre goddala leaving with him crying um thought that was pretty funny (laughs) whatever that means
1: (laughs) um (laughs) i think you and i both believe andre will be back before he retires i don't think he's come back this year I just don't Too see tough, a way. Right? I, I don't. Yeah, like the only way that he'll be eligible to come to the Warriors is if someone trades for him and then they cut him. And like, it's just, I don't. I don't know who the team is who's going to trade for him and then decide to cut him after twenty games. You know. What do you like,
2: think it would be? It have to be like a maybe like a playoff team, like it, it'd and, have, then, and they start terribly or something like that. You know,
1: the only th- like Dallas. Let's say Dallas trades for him today. Uh-huh. With delusions of going to the playoffs, and then come February they're twenty and forty. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they decide to cut them just to do them a favor. That's like, like the, Pacers. the that's like the only. But the Pacers only do that because those teams will be in the playoff hunt.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're too good. Yeah, have to yeah be well, they're not even the that
1: West. good. It's just they're in the East.
2: It's just in the East. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like no, I, I think Dallas would East. be like a
1: six seed in the East, honestly. So
2: maybe the Kings. <laughs> Maybe your kings. Um, anyway, do we have? An, actually, you know what? Before we get into another topic, let's get some ad reads done, huh? So we're talking about we're talking about uh, wedding season. Um, one of my but some one of my buddies uh, was in a wedding and he was trying to figure out like what kind of suit to get. You know what you can use is Indochino. So. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. Everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit, at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering BlueWire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. That's Indochino. All right, one more. ShipStation, one of my favorites. So when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website – ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Lightyear's podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without ever entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Offer code blue ship station, make ship happen.
1: Whew. Indochino is legit. I actually have a couple Indochino suits. Um, as a, a stylish man like you would appreciate it because, because um, <laughs> you like to have the variety, but it's expensive to have variety, right?
2: That is true. I do like, like the problem is like I have, I went to Vietnam and that's where I get my suit. That's where I got all my suits custom fit for $70 I got a black one a blue one and I got a purple one and I instantly regret regretted that I didn't get like another real color it's just like dude when am I gonna wear a purple suit but at the same time I'm like I kind of want a pink suit now you know I kind of want an orange suit
1: you're so, have- I don't, I don't um, think you're a, not a fan not <laughs> no a fan. no but you I do have <laughs> um I've got a couple like different different shades of of blue and, and gray some lighter ones um, so you're
2: classy unlike
1: me i just don't know what i'd wear a purple or pink suit to like like legitimately um it just it wouldn't be in my rotation uh but they're really uh they're really affordable and um it's a good look honestly like the, the custom thing once you get a custom suit it's really hard to go off the rack is what i realized because it just it just fits better and then like Anytime you put, like, a rack suit on, you're like, this is boxy, doesn't fit right. I don't know.
2: Listen, man, once you have a job, you're you're immediately, you can't do off the rack anymore. Listen, if you're, like, 20, 21, and you're, like, wearing up, I get it, right? You can only afford, like, something that's, like, $100. But if you're making money you at a real job, and you're, like, 25 and up, it's like, come on now. We, we got to do better.
1: This, this turn into a very FOB podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do better.
2: Come on. Find something that fits, man
1: come on pivoting um <laughs> speaking of bromances a little, a little budding bromance between uh Steph and D'Lo yeah you, you picking up on that um more
2: than I thought
1: D'Lo seems uh very I don't know it's it's basically everything we've said re- with regards to young players and Steph. like there, there's an admiration there's a level of respect and Steph, Steph's kind of returning it because, you know, he just likes to play with guys who want to play the same way he does.
2: Yeah, yeah. I will say this. Um, I was I was really sick and I'm still recovering, but I was really, when it was media day Monday, I was really sick and I was just like in bed dying. But I turned on the Warriors um, media day and I was listening to D'Angelo Russell talk and I was like, and I like fell asleep one because i had just taken a bunch of meds but two because he's literally just as boring as Steph when he talks to media and i'm like man this is, this guy says nothing um, to yeah, the it's media it's kind of like the nice it's very guy similar. It's, it's the yeah. nice
1: guy thing you're like oh he seems like a nice guy and then you're like hey he didn't say anything of value <laughs> there he just like told us he'd work hard like, great like yeah <laughs> what
2: <laughs> Um, but no, you you make a point because I didn't I didn't really see that coming. I I, I don't really know who D'Angelo Russell is. I, I don't know if you do. I mean, we know about the Snapchat stuff, but that has nothing really to do with who D'Lo so, has so, become. So
1: per my uh, per my sources, huh? you, you know my you know my source game is, uh-huh. is up there uh-huh. with Woj. Uh, I mean, it is true. They've I mean, people have told me he's and and Warrior people have said the same thing. Where it's like the big thing you hear about him is like he's a really nice kid hard worker who's coachable coachable is like the word that got said to me like eight different times and I didn't really think about that I'm watching it I'm like oh he's you know whether he's good at it or not we'll see but he's definitely someone who's not gonna like deviate from trying to do the system and fit in with Steph and Draymond um, because like you know he's got that ego where I need the ball in my hands all Mm -hmm. the time and and i'm intrigued now now whether because here's the thing his only success has been with the ball in his hands in brooklyn so you know you could want to play a a different way but like you might not be as good at it and and i don't know we'll see but he seems to have the right character you know characteristics to kind of fit into a kind of a more team oriented system
2: well, he's saying all the right things, right? And if, if what you're saying is true, then then I think it bodes well um, for the Warriors. Because I, I think D'Lo also isn't someone that... And Durant was this way because, I mean, he was probably right. Like, he f- doesn't feel like he's better than Steph, right? I think KD felt that way, so he felt like, you know, he, he was taking too much of a step back, whatever it is, right? I don't think D'Lo is going to feel that way. Um, so part of that's exciting. Part of that's like... And, and Steph on the other side is not not ever going to be like, oh, I'm better than you, you got to do what I say. Like, Steph is never going to be like that, right? So it, it is exciting to see, like, oh, how are they going to partner up? Like, what does that unlock for D'Angelo Russell? Does that mean he's going to be like, I've never seen him play off the ball. I, I I didn't watch many Brooklyn games, but he was definitely not an off-the-ball player, right? And then what does that mean for the Warriors' offense? Like, is he, are they really going to run more pick-and-roll? And what is that? Because D'Angelo Russell is really good at creating and passing, so – like that's gonna be really fun to watch. It's just it just sucks. It hurts my heart that Clay's not gonna play maybe all year. Um, but that is exciting because this offense could be top, or it should be top ten, right? Don't like it should be. Um it's just that the defense is gonna be like twenty five or something.
1: Yeah, I really don't think the defense will be as bad as you think. I don't think they'll be good, but you can literally rank around twentieth in the NBA by just trying. Um there's like I, I don't think you give enough credence to the volume of teams who are completely clueless like Phoenix. <laughs> Do All you right. think they're gonna buy into whatever's whatever the coach is selling? Phoenix Memphis is Memphis be is Memphis has like four players who are 18 starting. Um, obviously, we haven't even gotten into like the Knicks, the, Hawks. the Hornets, yeah, the Hawks, stuff like that. Like it, it's gonna take time for so you could just by being motivated defensively you can um
2: like a spurs level defense you think yeah, they exactly. can generate like a spurs or portland
1: level? portland ranked like 12th last year and i have no did they has, really i have no understanding how they did that
2: <laughs> well terry Stotts is a good coach is a good regular season coach to me he's he's really good um especially on offense i just i didn't know they were told on defense too so that's a great point I'll
1: pull up the exact number but it was somewhere around there um but to your larger point um on D'Lo and Steph, um, I think it can work because they need multiple creators. And like as much as we want the ball in Steph's hands, Steph's best when he floats. So, I mean, and and
2: it's a long season, right? Like if Steph's gonna have the ball in his hands all year, that also means he's getting hit a lot more. Um, he's going to the rim more, or he's getting fouled more, right? That also
1: means well, he's well, and you're risk just wasting injury. the best softball player in the NBA. Like the the beauty of Steph is he's almost exactly as good on and off ball, and I don't know who else you can say that about honestly. Like Clay, Clay's great off ball, but he's not as great on ball. Is yeah, there, any, no, is there anyone not. who like KD if he was motivated? Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, KD
2: would probably be better if he would actually do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's just not a lot of guys who are that good on and off ball.
2: D Wade in his prime would have been nice. You remember D Wade off ball in, in his prime he was a monster yeah. on those Heat teams. Oh man, those something to watch. Um I, I it's the first regular season, uh sorry, the first preseason game is this Saturday against the Lakers, correct?
1: That is correct. Ooh. So Caruso, we're doing a... Caruso apparently showing out.
2: <laughs> um the Lakers. Uh, I I I don't I just don't get it. I don't get how they're going to be a finals team, but we got all season to talk about it. But
1: you you know you know how they can be a finals team? Mid season trades. Yeah. Because like end of the day, you have LeBron and A D. Like I I do not like the roster at all. But they're like a couple pivots away from being contender with that.
2: They flip everything for Beal somehow and then Pick up Andre Igadala.
1: Not even that, yeah. You got Danny all of a, if you have Danny Green and Igadala, all of a sudden if you got <laughs> Iguodala, Danny Green, LeBron, Anthony Davis, you just need a guy the fifth guy to like not be Dwight Howard.
2: Yeah, just throw Quinn Cook out there.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean if you have yeah, I mean if you have Danny
2: Green and Iguodala to guard Paul George and and um Kawhi Leonard. And then you have LeBron and AD. Yeah, that's a finals team. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right.
1: Like they're they're pretty they're close, but like until that happens, we'll make fun of them. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like Rondo, Caruso, KCP. I don't know whatever clutch crony that they were had to sign <laughs> that they're pretending is good as a tax.
2: Clutch um, clutch crony is is a new one. That's great. Um, I I am I am very. Um, excited to see there's not much time because training camp just started. There's not much time until the regular season starts. So I don't know how much of this Steve Kerr can install. Very excited to see what type of defense they're going to play. Um, obviously they've said all about we're not going to switch and it's not like they're going to unveil some like some like brand new defense you've never seen before. right? It's probably going to be some standard defense, but I'm curious. What are they going to do? How I think they're, they're going gonna,
1: gonna to play a shell defense. I think they're going to do the thing where it's going to be a lot of um, kind of a more conservative version of like the Tibbs defense where you just kind of drop and try to fight through the screen. And it's a lot of just trying to deny penetration and live with the shooting. That's just my guess. I don't think they have the, okay. It's not that I don't think I know they don't have the, um, they don't have the individual defenders to switch and like put guys on islands. Like I, I think this is one thing people did not understand about um, how good Steph was defensively last the last few years. It's like they played a system that was just kind of like, they're very okay with leaving him on an Island. And they were very okay with leaving anyone on an Island, but when you leave someone on an Island, they're going to get exposed time to time. It kind of creates a, um, it, it, it's pretty cocky to play that kind of defense is all I'm saying. <laughs>
2: that's true um well i I just i I think you're right that's kind of what i was thinking it's it's very conservative and it also kind of um it's the type of
1: it's the type of defense that can get you probably through a regular season but like in a playoff matchup where teams can kind of hunt your guys not so good
2: yeah that's the uh that's that's where in the postseason where you hope play thompson is back but i think you said something interesting to me yesterday where you were talking about uh, nah, we're looking too far. Nah, that's all right. Whatever. Uh, but you you were talking about the uh, the Warriors' ability and flexibility next year, um, and what they could do, because they have a trade exception that they got for the Andre Gadala move that they can't use at all because of the hard cap this yeah, year. Yeah, they can't
1: use till July. But um, well, Slater wrote on it, but you and I have talked about it before that it's not really a secret they're hard capped getting D hard capped them because it was a sign and trade when you're over the cap. And so that's what lost them a dollar, but next summer they're not hard capped. So they have this trade exception. So that's 17 million in players. They could theoretically bring in, they got to find a t- taker, but like, for example, here's an easy one. Um, Memphis Kyle Anderson probably don't want him. Makes like seven, eight million a year. You can. They'll probably just take him for an exception, right?
2: I like slow mo. Yeah, but I'm. Just I, saying, like, I actually you, do like him.
1: I do too. You totally cool with him being like one of your wings off the bench, right? Yeah,
2: I, I would love. Yeah. So the, and those are Go the type
1: on. of players I'm talking about, or like a Plumlee, where you're like, eh, we don't never want mind him that mad. Never mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe you don't want a plumly. but like, that, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like you can probably get a couple rotation pieces with that trade exception. You might be able to give him more if you throw in picks. Uh huh um and that's what the warriors can do. The second thing is like they can open up to other trades. Who knows? Maybe Jordan Poole plays well. Maybe he's attractive to another team to get you uh, you know, something else you want, right? Or maybe he plays well and you're like, "Okay, now he's a year better and he can contribute." Yeah. There's
2: some way, kind of they, what just they, have
1: way they just have way more options. Like this year is yeah. this year is about getting to the playoffs, seeing what you can do, but seeing what options you have. Yeah. I like, think the, the future. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, because the dealer thing could go either way. I kind of, I kind of like his fit with the team offensively, but I'm skeptical on the defense. But you know, we we we'll see.
2: Strauss, our guy Strauss, had a had a post on the Athletic saying uh, that D'Angelo that he now believes that the team really actually believes D'Angelo Russell is a foundational piece for the Warriors. Which, come on, come on, can't be serious. No way.
1: I, I buy um, it. I don't think they traded for him to flip him, but I don't think they won't flip him. I think it's I think it's one of those um I they think wa- they traded for him because wanna... he was
2: the only thing that could've, they could they could have gotten
1: for Kevin Durant.
2: And so they had that's, to take That's him.
1: possible too. It's not like they it's not like they could have like okay, we can't get him. let's let's, yeah, let's pivot, get let's yeah. pivot to Devin Booker or something. Yeah, like that. I was just
2: exactly what I was going to say. Holy shit. Yeah, we had the same player in mind. I was like Although, would you rather have Devin Booker or D'Angelo Russell?
1: It's tough. Booker's been better. Um, yeah, I think he's a little more talented. I, I don't know. Yeah, I
2: think I think Booker's better too. Yeah, but anyway,
1: I don't know. That's a tough one. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, that, that's the thing about uh, that's that's the fascinating part about these next couple of years because it's not like the window is closed for a title. It's just how the Warriors can manage it the last couple of years the windows open and they managed it perfectly so now it's like hey win the titles, so they got three of them so now the next five years which you know presumably after the after five years it's pretty much going to be done for this team right that's a full decade i don't see them having a chance to win unless they bring on you know younger superstars but for the next five years they have a chance with, to with win, this core, yeah
1: with, with staff yeah. and with with uh, Clay, Clay and, and with Draymond. And Draymond, they got like yeah, a four say, to five year window max.
2: I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say four to five years. And really, anything goes. Like anything is possible. If they trade D'Angelo Russell for, you know, like Robert Covington and three first round picks, like okay, what happens then? Or if they don't trade D'Lo and they get Andre back, and then like they get rotation pieces and run that back, what happens then? Or maybe they sign, you know, Giannis two years from now. What happens then? Right, like. I think all this type of stuff is, is so fascinating, but I guess this is like the one year, like they call it a transition year, which you hate to hear it if you're Joe Lacob. We're talking about owners at the beginning of the pod um, as the team that's moving in the Chase Center, but this is kind of how you have to look at it. Willie Collie not being out a month. is tough. That's what it is now for the 2019 Warriors.
1: Yeah, it's a rough one. Um, <laughs> All right, let's let's move this forward here. Um, so what so Clay's Clay's out till the All Star break at minimum. I don't think that's new, um, and I, I don't know that it means anything because they can always update that timeline to make it earlier or later. So there's not really much to say there, right?
2: Nope. Hello. I was kind of hoping there'd be a chance he'd come back sooner, but not that smart.
1: Yeah. um... Let's see what else we got here. Oh yeah, a small forward position. Kerr was talking that he doesn't know what he's gonna do there, but he's not gonna go by committee like a center spot because it's too important. And he, you know, he kind of mentioned McKinney, Burks, Glenn Robinson, and uh, Jacob Evans. And I'm just kind of curious. Like, I kind of think McKinney's got the uh, the edge. On everyone there, and I know you're not a big McKinney guy, but I think, I think he's better than you give him credit for. Um, well, he's I, better
2: than these other guys.
1: I don't know. Alec Burks is pretty good. Alec Burks can be pretty good. Alec Burks has had the most success out of all of them.
2: Well, I guess Alec Burks would be like your quintessential bench player, right? Because he's like True. one track mind. You know, he's he's in there to score. No, and so maybe he's off like the perfect bench, for
1: were... 15 to 20 minutes. Like you put him in there, let him get some buckets. hopefully change the momentum of the game and that's it
2: yeah yeah and so you put him in with D'Lo and and you know Willie Cauley-Stein and hope they can run enough pick and rolls and stuff to manufacture some offense again don't know where the defense comes from but you kind of hope that's what happens yeah I mean Alfonso McKinney is probably the guy that's going to start although people like they keep mentioning that he doesn't have a guaranteed contract but it's like well he is the best option I mean I, I may not be a fan of McKinney but I wasn't a fan when he couldn't guard James Harden. Nobody can guard James Harden except for like... Yeah,
1: we we're, were both <laughs> unhappy Goddala. with him when he was asked to guard Harden and Kawhi. Yeah, like, I I'm, mean, what I'm are you I'm do? not as worried about him against TJ Warren and, you know, uh, Harry B.
2: <laughs> Random Harry B. slander. Although I bet you McKinney would probably guard Harry B. pretty well. I'm not really worried about that matchup. Um. Yeah, I mean, McKinney would be a solid, solid guy. I mean... He shot the three he's pretty pretty shaky from three him. Mean, he's either super hard or super. That's cold. a that's the big thing. Um,
1: yeah. He he um if he can just be a consistent yeah. he shot he shot thirty-five and a half percent from three last year. If he can get me to thirty eight because he doesn't take <laughs> he doesn't um it's not like he's taking contested shots. Not like he's clay tops are coming yeah, out of the that's, right? that's true. It's all corner true. it's all corner threes. It's all um catch and shoots out of the corner. If you can give me like thirty eight percent on those I'm cool, you know? Cause you yeah. know he'll you know he'll rebound, you know he'll like play high energy. Yeah. And give me like twenty-five minutes a game where you hit a couple of those threes and you crash glass. You provide value. It's like you, you want more, but like at least he's not negative. You
2: know, and part of and part of this is kind of understated with the I, I don't want to say Draymond is a supporting player, but on offense he is. Same goes with McKinney and maybe some of these other guys is that it's hard to play on offense with Steph and KD and Clay, just because if you miss, you kind of like, like, damn, dude, like, why are you even shooting the ball? Like, I've played on teams where like I'm the worst offensive player on the floor, and if I shoot the ball, I'm like, damn, what am I doing? <laughs> right? Because it's like these other guys should be shooting instead of me. And so every time you, yeah, that's an underrated like,
1: thing. Like you can you can say it's tough. You can be like, dude, what, what does it matter if I shoot it four times when we have a hundred possessions? But like you're not the one having to deal with those stares from your teammates who are like, no, just pass me the fucking ball because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's miserable. Oh, yeah. It, mis- it messes yeah. through your head.
2: I mean, Draymond didn't shoot, right? So that, that's yeah. even – like not even McKinney, right? But like Draymond didn't shoot. And like I don't think KD and Steph really got pissed or anything like that, but it was just like I mean, you know where the ball should be going. And it's like there's something to be said for, hey, if, he, if McKinney knows that he can shoot – you know, five six threes a game, or like five ten shots a game, not really have it come back to him. Same with Draymond. Um, kind of what happened in 1516, right? Um, where they just get in better rhythm, and they're just better shooters and players that way. I think Mike D'Antoni is really good at kind of instilling that. I don't think Steve Kerr is. So I think Mike D'Antoni is really good at just like making random players really confident and, and like good at, at just scoring the basketball, just shooting. Ah, uh, Mike D'Antoni has. Who was that wing player that they got? That was on the Warriors. That was like,
1: he in the house.
2: He, like was a good shooter. Yes, that's who it was. I mean, he wasn't a playoff player, right? But like in the regular season, like he was playing. Like he was, he was good. And that's someone that I wish like the Warriors could kind of develop and pick up and instill some confidence because the Warriors couldn't do that. And that's probably because the Warriors were too good. They had too many good players. But I mean, now's the time, right? Now now's the time for Steve Kerr to make his money. Yeah. House. I house. Like how you knew that right away.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if there's someone who knows marginal, slightly above average role players, it's me. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get out of here. Actually, before we get out of here, um, some news. Uh, you and I will be on pregame, on ninety-five-seven, on a Saturday.
2: Saturday three to five.
1: And we'll probably be doing this more weekends coming up. Um, despite the state trying to kill freelancers, you know we'll be, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be doing some weekend shows. It's gonna be pretty cool. Wow, just more content for the people. All right, man. Good stuff. Oh, and up. then and then we gotta throw in the other thing. We we're gonna be, you know, we got some uh, we got some light years t-shirts coming up.
2: oh, that's right.
1: And then we also got um, some bonus bonus content coming up. Um, we're gonna tease it now, but you know when the season starts. You can get some live Sam and Andy reactions.
2: So much good content. Wow, we should probably put this in the description too. So we're going to do shirts as well as bonus content come the season. All right, I'm juiced. We're ready. All right, brother.